Chapter Twenty One of the Fate of Fenella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Natalie Paula. The Fate of Fenella, Chapter Twenty One, by Adeline Sargent. Alive or dead. The Liverpool streets were, as usual, muddy, crowded, and malodorous. But they had been bowers of Elysian bliss. They could not be travelled by men with gladder hearts than those of Onslow and Jacinth when they set foot on English soil. The gladness was of a sober sort, and tinged perhaps by anxiety for the future and sorrow for the past. But there was a natural elation brought about by the recollections of the peril that they had escaped, and triumphed in the thought of Ronnie's restoration to his mother's arms. They took a friendly leave of the captain and officers of the ship which had brought them to Liverpool, and then proceeded to the nearest hotel, where they intended to stay for a few hours only, in order to replenish their pockets and wardrobes. "'Shall we telegraph to Fenella?' Frank asked wistfully, and Jacinth replied in a brisker tone. "'Why, of course, or she will be hearing some garbled version of the shipwreck story, and will imagine that she has lost Ronnie forever.' "'Don't put too much in the telegram,' said Lord Francis, still in an uncertain voice. "'Ronnie, safe and well, we are bringing him back to you to-day.' and Jacinth, old man, sign it with both our names. She owes his safety to you rather than to me. Sign it by your name alone, if you like. I have no right, a little bitterly, to claim her gratitude. Jacinth stood silent for a moment. Onslaught was generous, but did he not, after all, speak truth? Surely he, Jacinth, had some right to Fenella's gratitude. It was all that would be left to him when the husband and wife were reconciled. He felt sure that reconciliation would take place, and no place would then be left for him save that of a useful friend. Yes, he was tempted for a moment to claim the whole of Fenella's gratitude for the safety of her boy. But how could he let Frank Onslow be more generous than himself? He laughed slightly when that little pause was ended and shook his head. Lady Frances will question me pretty closely and we'll soon find out where credit is due he said there is no question as to which of us has suffered most in her cause and ronnie's and signed the telegram with onslow's name alone they had thought of going south that evening but an unexpected delay rose ronnie developed symptoms of a severe cold verging on bronchitis and the doctor who was immediately summoned declared that it would be the height of folly to let him travel for a day or two it's nothing serious but you cannot be too careful where children are concerned he said and the boy has had a chill. You, too, glancing at Lord Francis, don't look quite fit for a long journey. I am fit for anything. All I want is to be with my wife again, Onslow averred feverishly. The doctor glanced at him in a dubious way and shook his head. He knew something of the Onslow's history, as who did not, and did not understand the young man's anxiety to seek out his presumably erring wife. Even for yourself, I should not recommend the journey until you have had a rest, he said. "'and as your little boy is so unwell, "'you cannot do better than keep yourselves quiet and warm "'for a day or two until he is recovered.' "'He spoke privately to Jacinth afterwards. "'The little fellow is not seriously ill. "'You need not be alarmed,' he said. "'I am making a trifle worse of this case than I need "'in order to detain Lord Francis for a short time. "'I suppose you see for yourself "'how much he is in need of a rest and care. "'The fire must have given him a severe nervous shock.' He's not strong, but I hoped that he would be better if I could get him to Guernsey and leave him in good hands. Do you mean his wife's hands? the doctor asked abruptly. I do. He will never be happy till he has seen her. Then why not telegraph her to come here? The great thing just now with Lord Francis is to keep his mind easy. If her presence would soothe and calm him, you had better send for her at once, especially as the boy is unwell. 
if he should be unduly excited or agitated however i would not answer for the consequences jacinth hesitated i do not know he said slowly whether she would travel so far she has been ill and-and perhaps she may not care to come eh said the shrewd old doctor you must excuse me if she is a friend of yours but the fact is everything i have heard of lady frances onslow leads me to conclude that she will not put herself much out of her way for her husband's sake you do not know her said jacinth warmly then controlling with some difficulty a feeling of offence he added i believe that she is very much attached to lord francis and would come at once if she thought he was ill then telegraph said the doctor anything rather than let him travel in this present state of nerves and heart it might be the death of him with a brusque nod he took himself off leaving jacinth more than ever perplexed by the duty that devolved on him what could he say to fenella that would neither frighten nor repel if he told her that ronnie was ill she would be frantic with alarm if she said that lord francis needed her she might shrink away with wounded pride he thought of the way in which she had spoken to him of her husband and decided that he could not hope to conjure by his name as he had said to the doctor she would come if he had told her that lord francis were ill but if he summoned her on that account how explain her appearance to onslow himself every way seemed to be surrounded by difficulties at last in desperation he wrote and dispatched the following telegram ronny knocked up by travelling lord francis also unwell can you come to us in order to save delay the mother's heart in her said jacinth to himself will supply all that is ambiguous in this message and we shall have her with us to-morrow he felt so much more at ease when the message was sent off that he turned into the smoking-room to glance at the papers and smoke a cigar before going back to onslow ronny was under care of a nurse and onslow was probably resting he had no special responsibility with respect to either of them at present and he was glad to feel himself free the papers already contained long accounts of the fire of the swamping of the boats and of the rescue of the four survivors found clinging to the wreck a list of the drowned passengers and crew was appended and here jacinth caught sight of the name madame de vigny so she went back to her old title did she he mused well one obstacle to fenella's happiness has been removed now that that woman is dead let's hope that she is dead indeed it would be no kindness to her or to others to hope for her safety his eye had fallen on a short paragraph which at first he had overlooked here it was stated that three or four of the crew had managed by clinging to the floating spires or other pieces of wreckage to come safe to land and that it was possible that more lives had been preserved in this way than could at present be ascertained there was no mention however of any woman among the survivors and uncharitable as that wish might sound it must be confessed that jacinth heartily desired it to be assured that lucille de vigny would trouble no man's peace again the rest of the day dragged slowly by because he and onslow were both fretting at the delay caused by poor ronnie's illness they were longing to reach the sunny shores of guernsey to enter that rose-wreathed cottage to pour their stories each in his own way into the ears of the woman dearer to them than any other in the world and onslow was not upheld by the hope that jacinth cherished namely that fenella forgetting her past injuries in the love of her child would fly at once to nurse him and to clasp her newly rescued husband in her arms painful as this consummation might be to jacinth personally he was unselfish enough to rejoice in the prospect of fenella's future happiness but lord francis who did not know of the later telegram grew irritable in a state of suspense and anxiety would neither rest by day nor sleep by night jacinth had counted confidently on a return telegram from fenella as soon as possible and he was annoyed and disappointed when another day dragged slowly by without any news of her 
did she harbor so much resentment against lord francis that she would not even come to him when her child was in danger jacinth's anger burned a little at the thought he could not believe that fenella would be thus implacable and ronny was distinctly worse he was feverish and wandered in his talk calling out for mummy and imploring to be taken away from mrs clutterbuck in a way that was pitiful to hear there were hints too of darker time when he had been left alone with men and women of a coarser type brutes in human guise who starved and beat him and swore at him because he would neither lie nor steal this part of his story his friends had striven to make him forget but when his brain was clouded by fever the frightful images of those terrible weeks in a new york slum came back to him with redoubled force and it sometimes seems as though the only presence of the mother for whom he cried so constantly could chase them away and yet fenella did not come on the third day jacinth waxed desperate and resolved to telegraph again he had seen in the newspaper some accounts of a gale which had been raging in the channel and it occurred to him that the guernsey boats might perhaps have ceased running which of course gave reason for fenella's silence and yet it seemed to him impossible that she should have heard nothing yet or been unable to send him any answer he would telegraph again but he would go to onslow first it was possible just possible that she might have written to him from the look of agitation on frank's face and the convulsive tightness from which he grasped the letter in his hand jacinth fancied at first that his conjecture had been correct what is it he said hurriedly your wife is she is she coming does she know you are safe heaven knows she makes no sign the letter is not from her no the letter is not from her his face was so pale his aspect so disordered that jacinth could only gaze at him in surprise and seeing his expression frank suddenly thrust the letter into his hand see there he said what does it mean do you think there is anything in it if it if it should be true of fenella my darling what have we done and he sank down in a chair beside the table and buried his face in his hands jacinth opened the letter which was written on coarse blue paper and enclosed in a common envelope outside it looked like a tradesman's circular there was no stamp no postmark it was simply superscribed with onslow's name and address to the hotel the writing was evidently disguised many of the words were printed others were written in a sloping hand i will not tell you who i am the letter began or you may not believe me nevertheless i speak the truth i am the only person except lady onslow who can unravel the mystery of count Murga's death from her lips you will never hear it you will you hear it from mine she is innocent of his death i can convince you of that she is screening another do you not want to know his name i was in the corridor on the night when the murder took place i saw and heard all that occurred if you want to clear your wife's name come at four o'clock this afternoon to number ten pearson's row mercy street and i will tell you all one who knows the truth the paper dropped from jacinth's hand if madame de vigny were living i would say that she wrote this letter he remarked but how he added rather to himself than to frank how could she know onslow looked up his face was haggard there was a wild light in his eyes if she lives he said brokenly she shall pay for all that she has done there is no likelihood that she has been saved jacinth broke in i don't think a single woman was rescued no frank this is a plant and of course you will take no notice of it no notice of it but do you think that i would leave a stone unturned where fenella's honour is in question for heaven's sake don't go cried jacinth hotly there can be no possible good in it what can there be for you to hear unless you doubt your wife's story his brow became dark and menacing as he spoke and he was more anxious than angry 
he and fenella knew the truth and he was bound by her wishes to keep it secret from lord francis was it possible that any one else should know surely he said to himself no other soul on earth now living had an inkling of the truth but at all hazards he would try to prevent onslow from keeping so suspicious and so unworthy a tryst frank onslow however had made up his mind and did not respond to any of jacinth's somewhat ineffective arguments and when the clock struck three he took up his hat and went out whither he was bound but jacinth was only too certain that he had gone to the place mentioned in the letter while he still stood hesitating whether to follow and force his company on him whether he would or no there was a sound outside the door which made him start the rustle of a woman's dress the well-known intonation of a woman's voice my ronnie is he here and frank frank fenella had arrived she came in radiant with hope and joy holding out her hands to jacinth who came slowly forward and clasped them in his own my ronnie she repeated oh how happy you have made me i shall have both ronnie and frank again take me to them at once i cannot bear another instant of delay End of chapter twenty one